Hey there, chatters. I'm Nat. And I'm Kat. And welcome to the Crime Chat. I am your forensic femme fatale. Natalie is your true crime addict connoisseur. We're just two normal girls who are obsessed with dark crimes, evil minds, and occasionally the unknown. Yes, here's your disclaimer, chatters. The following Crime Chat contains adult content and descriptions of, I imagine, violent scenarios today. Mm. So, your listener discretion is advised. You have been warned. And before we get into today's Crime Chat, Kat, what have you done? Wait. Had a little vacay. I did manage to watch The Keepers. You mentioned that on the Netflix one from the last episode that we did, yeah. episode 58. So you mentioned that one on there for the, like the lead in. And I, I saw it on Netflix and I was like, okay, let me give this a shot. Now, okay, to be fair, I got a little bored. Okay. Just because I think it was so drawn out. But I can also see why because there was so much detail in it. Yeah. But wow. It jumps all over the place. It starts out with this crime that was committed, the murdering of a nun, mm-hmm. and then it goes into victims, then it goes into the church. Yeah. It, yeah, it was it was pretty uh, scary. Yeah. Well, and then my husband kind of picked up and started watching it a little bit with me. Once he, the women mm-hmm. who like were in like their 60s or something now, right? Yeah. We're talking and he's like, oh, he raped women? And I was like, well, there was some boys in there too, so. <laughs> yeah. That uh, priest is probably running in hell somewhere. Of course. Yeah. So in the middle of bringing all of this up and taking him to civil court because they were doing lawsuits for the civil court because statute limitations the judge determined that the recalled memory time frame so if they recalled a crime happening within a year Mm. even though it might have happened 20 years prior but they only remembered it in the last year they went to court originally to see if the statute of limitations could be waived based on recalled memory Mm. it was declined so the victims kind of got together and did a civil suit and it was against um, the archdiocese, the priest, the sisters that were in the church, yeah. just a whole bunch of people. But he did die like kind of in the middle of getting all of these things which I think it's really neat how Netflix and Netflix did this for the staircase one too where they followed the case kind of in it's over a span of like years so yeah. as they kind of continue to follow but yeah the priest did die the main aggressor yeah I think it's all substantiated based on the evidence but we've also talked about it too where Netflix has a tendency to lean mm-hmm. but they did they did offer you know for additional interviews and if the other people don't decline they really have no other choice to go with what they have and if it's leaning one way then it's leaning one way Uh we did finish yellow jackets for the last two episodes that came out this season how many seasons do they have there's two i just started the first episode of the first season so i got through the plane crash which is in the beginning Uh and i can't Uh believe how graphic it was yeah but it was pretty graphic well they jump back and forth kind of throughout you know present day to the post effects of the plane crash so you yeah. got to keep watching. You got to keep watching. It's so good. I'm looking forward to so it. So good. Last night we started to watch, I think I told you about Slasher, right? No. No? Okay. We're subscribed to AMC Plus because of The Walking Dead, of course. On there, you also get the Shudder channel. Okay. And on Shudder, there's a TV series that's called Slasher. They have two seasons, I guess you could say, out now. The first one was called Ripper, and it's like based on Jack the Ripper type of thing. And it's about eight or nine episodes, something like that. And that was really good. We watched that right before we left. Last night, we just started the second one. It might have been the first one. I'm not sure. I just know that there's two. This one is called Flesh and Blood. Okay. So it's like, of course, if you hear the TV show Slasher, there's going to be murder. Mm-hmm. Murder. Murder. <laughs> 
Uh, but it's like kind of how the story is all entailed. And that is gory. It is very gory. But it's good. Okay. It's good. I'm going to check that out. Yeah. And how was your trip to Arizona? Oh, it was so good. Like it was like 100 degrees, but it wasn't hot. I don't know how to explain it. I love it. It's like a dry heat. <laughs> it is. There's no humidity. There's no humidity. I'm like walking outside. I'm like, this feels amazing. I absolutely love it. This is my element. <laughs> um, so we went to Arizona and then we did go out to California for a day as well. Mm-hmm. We normally take a vacation out there to visit family. Uh, this time because my younger son who's stationed out in California mm-hmm. is married and they're expecting their first baby. So we had a baby mm-hmm. shower while we were out there and got to meet the daughter-in-law's family. And it was really neat. No, it was really fun. They got spoiled with all kinds of things. Kat is going to be a grandmother. I am. Glamour. Glamour. <laughs> I haven't decided yet, but I think I'm leaning towards Nana Cat. Nana Cat. Yeah. That's cute. Or just grandma, but like Nana Cat. They're going to have so many grandmas. And we had, and I was telling you about this, We so once the baby is born, um, she is due August 1st. Mm-hmm. Once the baby is born, we're going to have five generations on both my son's side and his wife's side. Wow. Yeah. That's really cool. It is very cool. So we did go out and spend um, a night with them. Right. And they, he's stationed out Camp Pendleton in, in San Diego, California. My first time ever going out there. I've never been to California before. Have you ever been to California? No. So the picture behind me, if you're watching on the video, this is a highway. Right. You took that picture. I didn't take this picture because I actually was really horrible this time in taking pictures. Okay. But this, I snatched it off the internet. But this is the picture of the highway. It's I-8 going from Arizona into California. That's crazy looking. A lot of times driving through mountains are like very windy and in like crazy elevation and it was I don't know it felt like it was a matter of minutes we went from below sea level to 4,000 feet. Wow. Steep like so like your ears are popping and and everything and then there's like the mountains and it, it has signs that was like beware of falling rocks and that kind of thing and it was super windy so you go from this and then you go for, to like desert wow where it's movie picture scene in a desert gorgeous and then i know you saw the marilyn monroe store oh my god i can't believe that even <laughs> exists i it's a spa right no it's a it's a it's a store but they said they had like skincare and beauty and so they had a bunch of different things mm-hmm. we were at hotel del coronado mm-hmm. and it's in coronado which is an island off of san diego which is where the Navy SEAL team trains. Mm-hmm. It's where Top Top Gun was filmed. Okay. Both first one and Maverick, the mm-hmm. second one. It, but it's a hotel that has a bunch of stores in it. Mm-hmm. And as we were kind of walking through, my son was looking for the Prada store. I don't know why. And, and it wasn't there. But we were walking through and I was like, is that Monroe? <laughs> as in Marilyn Monroe? So I stopped and I was like, oh my gosh. And my husband looked at me and he goes, I will be pissed if you don't buy something from this store (laughs) perfect response okay i didn't buy anything (laughs) you didn't get anything no i just so they had like a bunch of shirts and the other picture that i posted had her portrait on the wall with some of the things and i was just like i'm coming back well you can order online (laughs) i checked that out too yes (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So that's all my craziness. What about you? What you been up to? Checked out Yellow Jackets. I've been researching the story. Mm-hmm. Not really binge watching anything. Uh, I've been watching the news and I just found out, I think I told you that Al Pacino is having a uh, baby. <gasps> He's yes. 83 and his wife is 29. I guess he can afford a nanny. Yeah. <laughs> 
was like, wait a minute, I didn't even know he was married to a 29-year-old. And That's crazy. his children are older than her. Well, how many times has he been married? Do you Probably know? a lot. It means Al Pacino. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Ooga, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. I don't, oh. I mean, at that time, you just want to be grandpa and, like, great-grandpa and, like, spoil the grandbabies. Like, so it makes me wonder if she was, like, wanting a child. Well, you're 29. Why not? Yeah. You're you're married to Al Pacino. Why not? Why not? If he he still can get, you know, do it, like, why not? (laughs) You were going to say if he could still get it up. (laughs) Yes, you were. Thanks to science, any man can get it up. The little blue pill. Seriously, at this point in Florida, I think they're going to start serving them at ATMs, those pills. (laughs) That's it. That's basically it. Oh, the other thing, real quick, because I was was telling you about the trip and everything. So when we left, Yuma, Arizona is the last city before you get into California Mm -hmm. when you're on this highway. Mm -hmm. And it was probably 98, 99 degrees, something like that. By the time we got up to the mountains, even in San Diego, the high... It was in the 60s. Oh, that's beautiful. You could watch the temperature just like dropped. Like you were watching it on the little dashboard or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it was just like 82, 79, 72. Like it just kept dropping. And I think it was even, actually, it was, it got down to the 50s. It gets cold in Arizona. I know that. Well, that was before, that was when we got into to uh, California when we got up into the different elevation. But I will also say it's really, really cool because as you're driving there, you like, there's the Pacific Ocean, the beach, right. and there's mountains right there. It's so cool. I got to get to California. One day, I'll get there. And they live about an hour and a half away from L.A. Ooh. So next time we go out there, I'm going to go see the stars. But it was a great trip. Um, got to be a grandma soon. I know. That's that's really cool. You're so young, and you're going to be a grandma. Ish. <laughs> You're going to be a grandma. You're going to be able to enjoy and be active and do all these cool things with your grandkid. This is nice. When I get my knee replacement, I'll be very active. <laughs> but you got a good story for us today. Yes. So my story is, I hate to break it to you, once again, there's no murder. <laughs> but there is a crime. Heinous crime. Ugh. But there's no murder. I was researching this story. Actually, I kind of tripped over the story once again, people don't talk about it, and I think because mm-hmm. a lot of people that are involved are power players, and they kind of shoved it under the rug. Oh. Yeah, so Ooh. I figured we need to talk about it, and there's a really cool twist in it mm-hmm. that kind of goes back to one of the episodes that you went over, which was the <laughs> McAfee. Oh, John McAfee, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, and it doesn't okay. have nothing to do with him, but his, yeah. his lifestyle. A little bit. Let's get into it. Okay. Have you ever been to Ohio? Yeah. How do you like it? So I went there as a kid where I got to sightsee a little bit, but I don't really like remember a whole lot. We mm. went to um, a huge theme park called Cedar Rapids mm. and at the time had the had the biggest wooden roller coaster. Right. So we, as a kid, and then the other two times that I've been back to Ohio are to run the Air Force Marathon. So didn't get a whole lot of sightseeing in there because my I couldn't walk. <laughs> I've I've never been to Ohio, I've heard. It's really nice. Mm-hmm. I know countless amount of people from Ohio. I think I, I know yeah. more people from Ohio than I do from New York, and I lived in New York. Like, there's <laughs> so many people down here from Ohio. Well, then why are they leaving Ohio? What's wrong with it? Because they're 80, and they're sick of the snow, <laughs> and that's why. And the Viagra's down here, I know. 
<laughs> the cheaper Viagra. Uh, Ohio is a state located in the Midwestern region of the United States. Ohio is bordered by Lake Erie, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, Kentucky, Indiana, and Michigan. Did you know that? Mm-hmm. That's a, mm-hmm. that's a mm-hmm. lot of neighbors. It's got a lot of borders. Yeah. The state has Rolling Plains Hills and the Appalachian Plateau. Have you been there? Is mm-hmm. that what you were talking about? So I was talking about like the Appalachian Mountains that are kind of in that range. Because okay. driving through there and then driving through the Blue Ridge Mountains in the Carolinas, mm-hmm. there's just a lot of that same like the uh, speed limit goes down to about 45 because the, some of the turns are so scaled. And like especially if you're driving a tractor trailer, right. you take a turn too fast. I mean yeah flop right over so there was one there was one turn that we were taking i was driving i drove two my husband drove back and when we were driving on the way there um there was one turn that i took right that my husband's like (laughs) grab the old shit handle (laughs) oh shit it was um and i was like let me slow down just a little bit but i was trying to keep up with my daughter-in-law she was driving i was trying to keep up with her okay i i can't wait to see Ohio. I'm going to visit there, I think, in October. Yeah. That'd be a perfect time. Yeah, there's a lot of haunted houses in Ohio. So I've heard. Oh. So it's right up my alley. That sounds perfect. <laughs> yeah. So the capital city is the largest city, and that's Columbus. Columbus is a major center for business, government, education, and culture. Ohio has a diverse economy with major industries, including manufacturing, healthcare, finance, education, and agriculture. The state is home to a numerous Fortune 500 companies, which has a strong manufacturing base, particularly in the automotive, aerospace, and steel mm-hmm, sectors. Mm-hmm. It's where the Wright brothers flew for the first yes, time. Mm-hmm. That's right. I didn't even think yep. about the Wright brothers. Oh, yeah. Yep. Okay. Ohio is known for its excellent higher education institutions. The state is home to prestigious universities, including Ohio State University, Case Mm -hmm. Western Reserve University, the University of Cincinnati, and many others. Have you ever seen any of those? Oh, the Buckeyes? Oh, yeah. (laughs) The Buckeyes. OSU, yes. Oh, my God. Ohio State University. The Buckeyes. Don't they've got their band is actually like one of like the the best collegiate bands. Mm-hmm. And do I don't know if you ever seen any football games when they go out they'll spell out Ohio. Yeah. On the field. Yeah. What do they call them? Best band in the lands or something? Maybe something mm-hmm. like that. The state is known for its museums, its theaters, its amusement parks, and historical sites. And I cannot wait to get to some haunted houses. Really. Yes. Seriously. Yes. Yay. Ohio has played a significant role in U.S. presidential elections. Mm. It is often considered a key battleground state in many elections. Several U.S. presidents, including Ulysses S. Grant, Rutherford B. Hayes, James Garfield, and William Howard Taft came from Ohio. Oh, there was a picture of President Taft at the Hotel Del Coronado. Oh, he must have went there. There was like a, a whole wall of like other some presidents, and there was one of Marilyn Monroe. She was been there before, and I was like, she was here. Here. I wonder if, uh, what room? Did they tell you, like, what room she stayed at? No, no. We need, we need details. <laughs> we need yeah. more. But, oh, the hotel, it was built in 1888. It's been there since 1888. I saw a picture of it when I went to go see it about that place. <laughs> the, the Maryland store. <laughs> the Maryland store. And it, it reminds me of, it's much bigger and more luxurious, but it reminds me of the Stanley Hotel in Colorado. I don't know what. And I've never seen that. It's the hotel that uh, The Shining was based on. Oh, yes. 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 Duh. 
So, yeah, it had that feel, that old historical mm-hmm. feel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So these are some highlights about Ohio. The state has a rich history, a, a diverse population, and offers a range of cultural, economic, and natural attractions for residents and visitors alike. But today's chat is going to be about one of Ohio's favorite pastimes, football. Foosball. Do you, you like football? Yeah, yeah. So I'm... I don't watch football as much as I used to. I was, you know, grew up as a cheerleader for football and basketball. Yeah. And you just, you, you got into the game. But I mean, if you go to a game, it's, it's so, as we talked about before, like, there's so much more fun and you get, like, much more encapsulated in everything when you're there live versus watching it on TV. Yeah. Oh, well, like, we'll watch the Super Bowl or we'll, but we really don't watch NFL anymore just because it's, uh, they're, they're bitches. They make multi-million dollars. I mean, I, it's just my personal opinion. Like they're just like they are. They're they're uh, whiny about yeah. how much money they make. Now there are some out there that give back to the community yeah. and do some good. You know, some players that are out there. But I'm just like, you make millions and millions mm-hmm. and millions of dollars, and you want to complain yeah. about it's the wrong flavor Gatorade or some shit like that. I don't know. I'm just I'm being cynical right I've now. But never <laughs> been to a football game. No, I've never. I've I've hosted countless amount of um, Super Bowl parties, mm-hmm. but I've never watched the game. Like I've, I've literally hosted for years Super Bowl parties that I would invite sixty people, totally cook and all that stuff. And not, and the minute the game went on, I went in the other room. I got my plate ready, <laughs> well, and I just went, took my glass of wine. And I went. I haven't. I just don't. I. I there's not. I don't know. I don't know. I've yeah. never. I never got that bug where I was yeah. like on that football craze. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Ohio has a strong sports culture, mm-hmm. passionate about professional and high school and college leagues, especially in football. Mm-hmm. The state is home to teams in the National Football League, the Cleveland Browns, the Cincinnati Bengals, and the Major League Baseball, which is the Cleveland Guardians mm-hmm. and the C- Cincinnati Reds. They used to be the Cleveland Indians, but yeah. well, they had to change their name. Well, the, one of the best movies, uh, baseball movies ever, with Charlie Sheen, and now I can't think of the name of it, where he was the pitcher. Major League. Major League, yeah. Yeah. One of the best crazy. movies, the Cleveland Indians. <laughs> they also have a, ba- a National Basketball uh, Association, the Cleveland Cavaliers. You know them? Mm-hmm. You went to basketball? Yeah. So I, I was really into basketball for a long, long, long time, mm-hmm. and followed players and that kind of thing, but... I just, I'd Same not thing. so much anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well. If anything, we do baseball. Okay. Baseball's good. I've, so. I mean, baseball, for me, is easier to watch than any other sport. Well, the, when we were at the baby shower, the guys actually went to a Arizona Diamondbacks uh, Boston Red Sox game. Mm-hmm. And my husband and brother, and they're all Boston Red Sox fans. Right. And so, you know, you're going to mm. a home game, but you're for the opposing team. But they said that in the stands, there were more Boston Red Sox fans than there were Arizona Diamondbacks. I'm just not a sports fan. I don't know. No sports ball here. No. (laughs) Football holds a significant place in the state of Ohio. High school football is immensely popular. Ohio is known for its strong football traditions and boasts some of the most successful high school football programs in the country. Ohio college football uh, is home to several notable college football programs. The Ohio State University Buckeyes, located in Columbus, have one of the most successful and passionate fan bases Mm -hmm. ever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I would say yes, dedicated fans, yes. And they compete in the Big Ten Conference 
Now, Kat, <laughs> I know you're going to ask me what is the Big Ten Conference, and you know what the Big Ten Conference is, right? Matt, what's you? the Big Ten Conference? <laughs> <laughs> you already know. I don't know, but I had to look it up, so I looked it up. Okay, so... The Big Ten is an athletic conference consisting of 14 institutions located primarily in the Midwest region of the United States. The name Big Ten originated in 1917 when the conference was formed by 10 founding members. However, it consists of 14 now. Yeah, yeah. And those 14 are the University of Illinois, Indiana University, Bloomington, University of Iowa, University of Maryland, University of Michigan, Michigan State University... University of Minnesota, University of Nebraska-Lincoln, mm-hmm. Northwest University, Ohio State University, Pennsylvania State University, Purdue University, Rutgers University, the University of Wisconsin-Madison. Mm-hmm. Like one of their, their campuses, like the main campus, I yeah. would say, is probably in Madison because it's the capital of Wisconsin. Yes. So the conference organizes regular season games, championships, and tournaments, and is also known for its intense rivalries and passionate fans Mm -hmm. with matchups like Ohio State-Michigan football games, which I know is a big thing. Yes. Because when they play down here, like these people, like people down here go crazy. Yes. Uh, The Indiana-Purdue basketball games, I don't know anything about them. Yeah. Overall, football brings communities together, fosters fierce rivalries, and is deeply cherished by fans throughout the state. Our crime takes place in Steubenville, Ohio. Have you ever been there? No, I don't think so. Okay. All right. Steubenville was established in 1797. The town was named after Fort Steuben, which was built during the American Revolutionary War. Steubenville quickly grew as a center for trade and transportation due to its location along the Ohio River. In the 19th century, Steubenville experienced significant industrial growth. The town became known for its manufacturing industries, including iron and steel production, glassmaking, and pottery. Mm. Sounds like a fun place to live. Yeah. The Ohio River played a crucial role in the development of Steubenville. Stupidville. Stupidville. <laughs> When it comes to this case, that's I, it's stupid, Bill. But anyway. Okay, okay. okay. <laughs> the Ohio River played a crucial role in the development of Steubenville. It served as a major transportation route, allowing goods and people to move in and out of the city. Mm-hmm. Steubenville has a rich educational and cultural history. The history is home to several institutions of higher education, including University of Steubenville, a predominant Catholic university. Mm, the Keepers just comes to mind. <laughs> I know, the Keepers. Yeah. Stupidville also has... It sounds like... <laughs> sounds like you're saying Stupidville. It, do, it does. It's my New York accent. It is what it is. <laughs> Stupidville also has a vibrant art scene with galleries and theaters and community events. I can't wait to... You know what? We're not going to go to Stupidville, but... It'd right. be stupid to go um, to Stupidville. I don't... <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I don't know if we should cut this. Now, we're going to leave that, okay? (laughs) However, stupid, see? Stop it. Okay. Steubenville, okay. However, Steubenville faced economic challenges in the late 20th century, the decline of the steel industry, Mm -hmm. and the changes in the manufacturing sector led to job losses and a population decline. So, I hope that paints kind of a history of Steubenville. Not Steubenville. (laughs) Steubenville has a long, strong sports culture, Mm. particularly in football. 
the Steubenville High School football team known as Big Red. Ooh. Have you heard that nickname before? Just the bubble gum. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite. Well, you know what? I don't know if that gum is named after them. Might be. That's interesting. Hmm. Gotta look that up. Um, they have a long-standing tradition of success and have produced notable players uh, professionally. Mm-hmm. The Steubenville community, like any other community, is composed of diverse individuals with various backgrounds, beliefs, and values. The case we're going to go over brought both positive and negative attention to the community and the opinions were divided on how the community responded to the incident. Many critics argued that aspects of the Steubenville community, particularly its football culture, may have contributed to an environment where the actions of some individuals involved were either condoned, ignored, or covered up. Mm. There were concerns about the potential culture of entitlement, loyalty, and the protection of predominant athletes. I think that goes Mm -hmm. for every sport. Yeah, yeah. get that attitude. Big in Texas. They they feel like gods. Yeah, yeah. You know? However, before we get into it, it is important to remember that not all members of the community supported the actions of those implicated in this case. Mm -hmm. Many individuals in Steubenville condemned what happened and helped sought out justice for the victim. So, let's get into the case. The Steubenville High School football team, often referred to as Big Red. Big Red. Due to their colors of red and black. The team has had success on the football field, winning numerous championships and earned a strong reputation in the local community. However, the team gained significant attention and scrutiny after said incident that we're about to get into. Oh. Before we get into it, I need to say a disclaimer. We uh, will not be identifying the victim by name in this chat. Protecting the privacy of victims is critical and their identities are generally withheld from the public disclosure to ensure their well-being and respecting their rights. It's important to approach discussions about sensitive cases with empathy and to focus on the issues such as the impact of the sexual assault, the legal process, Mm. and promoting a safe and supportive environment for survivors. So Mm. what we can say is that she attended this party. Okay. The incident unfolded during a party on the night of August 11th, 2012. The victim attended a party along with some friends and participated in the end of summer party marking the new football season. So every... Mm -hmm. They would, right before the fo- football season would start, yep. every year they would have this this party to kind of mark the beginning of a new season. Right. Uh, and it was a strong tradition in the local community for this high school football team. The party was organized by members of the Steubenville High School football team and other individuals. The party usually was hosted at specific locations or multiple locations. Like, you know, they would okay. start the party at five and they would end up at somebody else's house at seven. Like, yeah, yeah. It was like trick or treating with, with beer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It was just like, let's come celebrate. Due to the sensitivity of the case, specific details about the party, including its locations and attendees, are not widely known, nor are they available publicly. The assault led to criminal charges against some individuals, but not all of them. And I think that's why a lot of the details in this case are redacted. Okay. The exact number of people who attended this party has not been publicly disclosed. We know the party involved members of the 
Greenville high school football team and other individuals. The exact number of players on the team during that time of the incident in 2012, typically the roster ranged from 30 players to 60 players or possibly even more. Mm -hmm. The number of players would fluctuate from season to season based on factors like graduation, transfers, new additions to the team, things like that. Malik Richmond was born August 29th, 1995. He was a wide receiver and defense for the, I'm sorry, he was a wide receiver Sports ball. and a defensive end for the team. A defensive end, is that is that mm-hmm. correct? Yeah. Trent Mays was born June 10th, 1995. He was the quarterback for the team. Mm-hmm. Both boys were 16 years old and sophomores in high school, and they both attended the party. Yes, Alcohol was present. Mm-hmm. It is not known how many students were drinking underage, but we do know that the victim did consume alcohol. During the party, Trent and Malik sexually assaulted the victim. The assault was documented through photographs, uh, videos, uh, social media posts, man. and by several witnesses in the party. Uh. The young men chronicled their actions on social media sites such as Facebook, Twitter, and shared it to other students Ugh. as well as to the public community. In their post, they used words as drunk girl rape. Oh my gosh. One football player tweeted, Song of the night is definitely Rape Me by Nirvana. Ugh. The next tweet went out, Some people deserve to be peed on and claiming they urinated on the young unconscious girl. Another picture entitled The Dead Girl. Mm. The victim was taken home by friends the next day and she started to receive calls and messages from her friends and people who know her saying like, have you seen the post yet? Have you seen what's going on? It's all yeah. in the community. They showed her what was... out there publicly she then realized what had happened to her the night before she told her parents and they took her down to the Steubenville Police Department to file a report Mm. and I guess in a small town people heard that the victim actually went to the police department I guess they saw the car pulling up Mm. she was giving her statement and immediately the members of the team involved deleted all their posts about the night before thinking they were going to get away with it that's why you screenshot that shit we're going to get into it (laughs) however a local blogger named Alexandria Goddard noticed the post right away and made copies screenshots of everything and then publicized them on her website prettyfield.com she was on the case really early on she's from Steubenville Ohio and like most locals she follows the football team and all on all their platforms and all the new Mm -hmm. players and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. Mm -hmm. She actually traced the tweets from the football players and the athletes. She did a lot of work, like a lot of detective work. Mm -hmm. The local community also followed her as well because she was blogging about like the high school football and all this stuff. Right. A lot of the neighborhood just followed her for like, you know, that was like their kind of their news update on what's going on. Right, So when they opened up their blog and saw what the hell she was posting. Oh my gosh. The local community noticed that, you know, holy crap. And they started leaving comments. A lot of people were weighing in and they were either saying, yes, this is a football crazy town and something needs to be done about it. Or they were actually blaming the victim for what happened. And this divided the town in half. Sure. The amount of people that said this is terrible, an equal amount of people were saying, well, you know, she was in a weird place. That whole thing. 
Yeah. Victim yeah, blaming. Yeah. She shouldn't have she shouldn't have been drinking. Mm. She shouldn't have yeah. She shouldn't have been wearing what she was wearing. Right. Many Steubenville locals criticized Goddard's for posting all this information, saying that this brought negative public attention to their beloved football team. Like this was their mm. great. Ugh. The head football coach, knowing full well what happened, refused to bench his players and advised them to delete any incriminating messages. <laughs> the police launched an investigation right away. However, there are allegations that the initial response by law enforcement was inadequate and that the evidence mm. might have been mishandled or overlooked. Mm. Some inv- individuals, including Goddard, believes that the involvement of predominant members of the Steubenville High School football team may have influenced the police's search Mm. and you'll see why okay no one was arrested at this time and uh goddard was sued for defamation oh geez but the the charges would against her would be dropped Mm -hmm. after what comes next in the Uh, story yeah the public outcry and scrutiny increased the pressure of law enforcement to take action the case gained national media attention leading to the ohio attorney general's office eventually becoming involved in the case and providing additional resources which they should anyway yeah. You know? Yeah. In the weeks following the assaults, Trent Mays and Malik Richmond, both members of the Steubenville High School football team, were arrested and charged in connection with the assaults. Their arrests mark a significant turning point in this case. The case, like I said, gained a lot of attention nationally. Mm-hmm. And then certain evidence was being revealed, certain photographs of them carrying her limp body mm-hmm. from party to party. Mm. There was also a very damning video it shows an 18 year old laughing about how unconscious the alleged rape victim was during the incident referring to her as the dead girl so this knowing that they're all underage Mm. this is also child pornography bingo yeah, that too. So this is a federal crime by many. The content of the video suggests that the assault was known to many attendees. Mm-hmm. There were people all around this video walking around. And it showed members of the high school football team allegedly in the middle of the crime. Possibly urinating also. Oh. Well, they admitted to urinating on her unconscious body over over the course of the evening as well. Oh they my just, gosh. It was terrible. Some people were horrified. P- uh, the public outcry grew and an online activist group called Anonymous mm. got involved. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard of Anonymous? I have, yeah, yeah. So Anonymous is an organized collective international network of activists and hacktivists, which mm-hmm. you went over during your McAfee yes. episode. Yes, yes. Anonymous has been involved in a wide range of activities, some of which are focused on promoting freedom of speech, government transparency, social justice causes, However, it is worth mentioning that participating in hacking activities or engaging in illegal actions can have severe legal consequences. Yes. Engaging in hacking and other unauthorized activities is against the law mm. and can lead to criminal charges. It is important to adhere to the legal and ethical boundaries when it comes to cybersecurity and online activities. There. All right. Back to the story. <laughs> <laughs> they launched the investigation into the case themselves. 
seeking justice for the victim. Now, in the video, it shows the crime is still in process, like it's still still going on. The video has a number of people implicating themselves. Mm -hmm. The video shows them stating, she was raped more than the Duke lacrosse player raped. Mm. The Duke lacrosse reference here refers to an incident that occurred in 2006 involving members of the Duke University men's lacrosse team. It was alleged that several members of the team sexually assaulted an exotic dancer they hired for a party. However... It was later determined that accusations were false and the case was eventually dismissed. The incident received significant media attention and sparked a national debate about issues such as rape, privilege, and the presumption of innocence. It also raised important discussions about the importance of due process, media coverage, and the handling of sexual assault Mm. allegations. Anonymous launched a campaign to unmask the football player. All right, you're going to love, okay, you're going to love Anonymous. <laughs> you're going to love them because you know what? They're, it's almost like they're, they're almost like a Robin Hood type. And they of don't give a here. fuck. They don't give a fuck. And, and you can't catch them. They're all Anonymous. <laughs> <laughs> the group hijacked the football team's website and threatened to release the personal data of the school officials, the coaches, and every player on the team if those involved in the rape do not publicly apologize. Damn. I know. Anonymous operated three separate entities that coordinated together. Mm-hmm. The cyber action known as, as the Night Sect, mm-hmm. the ground protests, which they organized in the community called Occupy Steubenville, and then there was a third, which was almost like the disclosure platform, which they put out the evidence. Okay. With Anonymous campaigning, the New York Times wrote an article uncovering what had happened to the 16-year-old girl. They did disclose her age. Mm-hmm. Who was from neighboring towns in West Virginia so she wasn't even she wasn't even from there no oh my gosh yeah she was intoxicated and possibly drugged they're thinking that Mm -hmm. she had the date rate drug including alcohol which would render her completely unconscious yes special K Special K. is the street name for it. Yeah. The date rape drug. During the crime, what they said that happened to her is the football players, like I said, were carrying her. Like, they were holding her arms and legs, and they were just carrying her like a dead body Mm -hmm. from party to party, sexually assaulting her on the way and raping her at the parties and between on the way to the Mm -hmm. parties. Mm -hmm. They also uncovered that the sexual assault alleged happened at the home of the assistant coach of the football team. Mm -hmm. It's alleged that during the night, she was taken to the home of the Jefferson County prosecutor. What? Because remember, it's like Halloween night. Yeah. You just pick a house, go to it, they're going to celebrate you. Yeah. Wow. And they they dragged in a bunch of very powerful people, and you wonder why this case isn't really told that much. Mm. Prosecutor of Jefferson County, Hamilton, recused herself from the case. And it's a her. Mm. It's a girl. Mm. Presumably because her son's connection to the team. So the team was there. Yeah. Yeah. And the local judge who also recused himself, stating that his granddaughter had been in a relationship with the accused. Mm. So it's a small town. Everybody is kind of involved here. And there was only two that were arrested? Only two were doing that? Only two. But there was potential evidence of more? The video alone. Okay. The video alone has more. Wow. So during the protests, Sheriff 
Fred Abdullah announced to the people, when I say protest, during the uh, anonymous protest, they brought it to the streets. Mm -hmm. And they they normally wear like this mask Mm -hmm. from the movie. um, For Vendetta. I was just about to say V for Vendetta. Yeah. So you don't know who they are. I mean, they could be your neighbors. They could be, they just, you know, it's kind of singularity. He stated that no more people are going to be, no no more suspects are going to be charged in this rape case. No. The crowd was not happy. You can hear, you can hear the booze. And he kept on defending his department's commitment to prosecuting sexual offenders. But in the video, you want to smack him in the face because he has that arrogant asshole. Yeah. Yeah. In March 2013, Trent Mays and Malik Richmond stood trial as juveniles Mm -hmm. for their involvement in the rape. The trial drew significant media attention and lasted several days. During the trial, various witnesses, including those who were present at the party, testified about the events that occurred that night. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, Mays and Richmond were found guilty. Mays was convicted of rape and distributing nude images of a minor, while Richmond was just convicted of rape. Their sentence was to serve time at the juvenile detention facility. Mays received two years. What? And Richmond was sentenced to just one year. What? Yeah. Once again, powerful people. This is why people are so upset about this. I'm this flabbergasted. They're so upset about this case. So now, additionally, both of them had to register as sex offenders when they got out. Well, good. Like, yeah, yeah, yes. definitely good. But there could have been so much yeah. more that they were charged with. Like, I just don't like you said something before. Yeah, distribution of child pornography. Yeah. Yep. The stupid bill. The stupid bill. Not stupid bill. <laughs> we're going to move along. So. The stupid bill rape case. Raised societal issues, Mm -hmm. including the importance of consent, Mm -hmm. bystander intervention, victim blaming, and the impact Mm -hmm. of social media in the digital age. Right, right. In the last 10, 11 years, a lot. A lot. A lot has changed. It sparked national conversations about the treatment of sexual assault survivors and the need for education and awareness regarding consent Mm -hmm. and sexual violence. Rape culture exists in various societies worldwide, including the United States. It is an issue that transcends national boundaries. In the United States, rape culture is influenced by attitudes, cultural norms, media representations, legal framework, educational systems. I mean, the the list goes on and on. Some Factors contributing to rape culture in the United States include, one, victim blaming. Survivors of sexual Mm -hmm. assault are often subject to questions about their behavior, clothing, and choices instead of focusing on the actions and the accountability of the perpetrator. Two, rape myths and stereotypes. This goes back to the Mm -hmm. lacrosse case Mm -hmm. where, well, she's she's a sex worker. You can't rape a sex worker. Oh, yeah, you can. Three, media influence. Media representations can perpetrate harmful narratives and reinforce gender Mm -hmm. stereotypes that normalize trivializing sexual violence, you know. Four, legal and institutional responses. The way sexual assault cases are handled by Mm -hmm. the criminal justice system and institutions can contribute to the culture that discourages survivors from reporting. I mean, like at one point, I think there was a case, I want to say, in Boston. Mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. the survivor had to be questioned as his, yeah, he, yeah. he was acting it on, as his attorney. He's representing himself, yeah. How do you do that? And five, consent education and prevention efforts. While progress has been made, there is still a need for comprehensive education programs that address consent, healthy relationships, and respect. Football and other sports has a presence of the rape culture surrounding it, the ways in which attitudes, behaviors can enable sexual violence and contribute to a harmful environment 
such as hypermasculinity. The culture of football often promotes, and this is kind of like this harmful notion of power, dominance, and entitlement. Mm-hmm. Team loyalty and silence. Yes. The strong sense of loyalty and camaraderie within football teams can sometimes lead to culture of silence and cover-up. Uh, three, influence of the media and fan culture. Media coverage and fan culture surrounding football can contribute sexist mm-hmm. language and the devaluation of consent. Yeah. And the power dynamics and unequal treatment. In some cases, athletes receive special treatment or are shielded from the consequences due to their athletic status, perpetrating a sense of entitlement. And this is like where, because, you know, the high school team is so popular and brings mm-hmm. in so many fans and we make so much money that we have to protect them because they are our method of income and right wealth that's why i think they should make a significant drastic example of these people like Mm -hmm. not in our town you mess with that you're no longer on the team yeah like there should be a heightened sense of no you don't behave this way i think people would be better off for it but no Addressing rape culture in the United States requires a collective action, including promoting consent, education, supporting survivors, challenging harmful beliefs and attitude, holding perpetrators accountable, and advocating for policy and legal reforms. It also involves fostering a culture of respect, equality, and empathy, where sexual violence is not tolerated and survivors are believed and supported. It's important to note that no one is ever responsible for preventing their own assault. The responsibility for preventing rape lies solely on the mm-hmm. potential perpetrator. Mm-hmm. Meaning that just because you showed up to the party wearing a skirt doesn't mean you're asking for it. No, if, you, if you're if you're thinking about rape, there's something wrong with right, you. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, it's, and you don't go to a party or, or, or a club or something that says, you know, please rape me. It's you. I mean, that's basically what you're saying. It's like they have a sign on them that says, you know, I can I consent. <laughs> but there's so many people out there that still have that belief that well, she was, you know, she was behaving. She put herself there. Da, 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 da. She did this to herself. And mm-hmm. no, that rape. There is never yeah. a good time. Rape. You. You. It's, it's never okay. Never okay. <laughs> no means no, people. No means no. And one of the things that they started doing in the military too. So under UCMJ is part of that inability to consent. If they are so drunk, and we would do right. these estimates on like the uh, the alcohol intoxication levels that they would have had at the time based on their size, drinking habits. It was a complete estimation, but it was part of that uh, forensic part, I guess, of establishing what level they would or would not have been able to consent. Right. And right. I mean, if you're, if you're blacked out, and you, you know and it sounds like that's what happened obviously to this girl she was she was blacked out she was drugged she was completely unconscious if you're in that level where you are completely unconscious you cannot consent right you do not have the no mental capacity to say yes i consent to this right exactly and even it, say she didn't she wasn't unconscious but she was lethargic in some way mm-hmm. still mm-hmm. not okay still still yeah. not okay there's just n- exactly nothing yes okay And this goes for both ways, men and women. Yes. Here are some steps that you can take to enhance your personal safety. One, trust your instincts. Mm. Listen to your gut feelings and intuition. If a situation or a person feels uncomfortable or unsafe, remove yourself from that environment. Yep. That's why we have, uh, um, what are they called? The wingman. You have somebody with you. Right. And even if your friend says, oh, no, this is okay. This this is okay. He's fine. He's going to take me home or whatever. 
near that wingman. Nope, nope. Do not allow it. Nope. Two, be aware of your surroundings. Stay alert, especially in unfamiliar or isolated areas. Never leave your drink. Never leave your drink. Nope. Three, travel in groups. And they say well-lit areas, but, you know, if if possible, if you're traveling around or whatever, oh, you know, be with trusted friends. Yeah. And also, share your plans with somebody that you trust. Mm -hmm. Like, if you're going somewhere, text somebody, I'm going to be here, Mm -hmm. or a family member, so that, you know, if you're going out alone, at least somebody knows where you're at. Right. Be mindful of your alcohol consumption, okay? (laughs) And avoid accepting drinks from strangers or leaving, like Kat said, do not, not leave drink. your drink unattended. Yes, yes. Alcohol, although it's fun and all this, but they were underage drinking, which is not allowed. But like, you know, as adults, alcohol is fun and all that, but it does impair your judgment mm-hmm. and it can make you more vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Six, learn self-defense. Go take some kick-ass classes. I train you. Yeah. <laughs> go, go learn how to punch. Go learn how to kick. Seriously. Seven, report suspicious activity. If you witness... Or suspect any suspicious, dangerous activity, notify law enforcement immediately. Mm. So, like, thank God her friends told her what was going on. Yeah. So she could take, within 24 hours, take the next steps yeah. to, to you know, to go to the police. Although they had their own issues going on. Yeah. But remember, these precautions can help minimize the risk. But they do not guarantee your safety. Right. It is important to foster a society where consent and respect are valued and where the focus is on preventing perpetrators' actions rather than placing the burden on the potential victim. Yeah. So stay safe, everyone. And um, yes. yeah, that's my story about Stupid Bill. <laughs> it is Stupid Bill. Yeah, right? I'm sorry, oh my Ohio. Gosh. Yeah, sorry. Not a good look for you. Yeah. Uh, it and it I think one of the the biggest things it it is a cultural issue. It yeah. is a societal issue where you have to change the whole mentality and and as long as there's people who still believe that uh-huh. she was asking for it or he was asking for it, then there's that that's good that's the biggest challenge. Yeah. you're not going to change people's minds overnight yeah. on how they look at a certain situation or scenario right and what's really disappointing here is that the adults in the room were so afraid of their own ass because yeah bottom line is that coach he he's he's a he works at the school he knew what was going on Mm -hmm. and he protected Mm -hmm. his players Mm -hmm. from any like you know what no that's not why you're there that's not why yeah well i mean even then my god they knew that they were all underage drinking and, and i get it it happens high school parties underage drinking right right? but when you are hosting that you then become liable and responsible for what happens and if that party that trick-or-treat time it was your time for your house and you're hosting them you are then responsible for all of those underage students children that in their behaviors yeah and i say hell no not my house Mm -mm, nope Mm -mm. nope i hope the victim is finding a sense of peace and has I know that you really can't move on from this, but you can. You can mm-hmm. heal. But, you know, mm-hmm. she'll never forget that No, God, experience. no. It's trauma for life. Trauma for life. It is important to talk about it because if we don't talk about it, then you have a an assumed understanding that people also have the same mentality as you do, and right. they just don't. Right. No. And I think sometimes these cases are hard, uh, just as hard as a murder case because the – Red flags are everywhere, and the decisions yeah. that people make 
in them are just so disgusting and just so vile. It's unfortunate that more people didn't get arrested. I want to thank Anonymous for doing what they can. Mm, Pushing the issue. Pushing the issue. That's amazing. And there's a video of them doing Mm -hmm. this. Like, they have Mm -hmm. it on their channel. And I watched it a couple of times. And I'm like, you know what? Anonymous, I think they said, is made up of, like, 9,000 cyber, like, hackers or activists. Mm -hmm. Hacktivists. Hacktivists, yeah. You know, and they do. They get arrested and all the the time. But it just seems like, you know, we're in a different... We're in the cyber age. And they're really good at what they do. Maybe they need to give them a job instead. (laughs) Instead of arresting. I'm sure a couple of them have worked for... uh, some higher up, you know. Yeah. Uh, well, because we don't want to leave you hanging, chatters, for more information on this case, please check out After That Crime Chat, only available on Patreon. And don't forget to follow us, Crime Chat with Nat and Cat, on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, to see what we got coming up. Remember, Crime Chat with Nat and Cat, when you become a chatter through our Patreon, you'll have full access to bonus episodes, behind-the-scenes bloopers, and free merch. Check out some merch in the works. Yes, and be sure to check out our next episode. Mm. We will have a guest, and we'll have a little bit of the deep blue sea. Yes, you don't want to miss it. We'll see you next time, chatters. Bye. Bye.